Were you ready to get in the word? If you have your Bibles, turn to 1 Timothy chapter 4. 1 Timothy chapter 4. Thank you, Father. Man, what a great word Dr. So brought us last week. Wasn't that awesome? Man. Just that quality time with God. As we're stepping into 2024, just remind you of the word that he's given us. He told us it's a year of progressing, advancing, experiencing promotion, and seeing our highest expectation fulfilled, right? Progressing, advancing, experiencing promotion, and seeing our highest expectation fulfilled. Say, say that's mine. mine. You know, he, reminder, he gave us a warning in that. He said, he gave us instruction. He, as we step into this next year, he's told us to stay in faith, stay focused, and don't be distracted by what the enemy's doing, right? Say this with me. I'm staying in faith. I'm going to stay focused. And I'm not going to be distracted. That's why this quality time is so important. And I'm going to be maybe talking in and out of this. We'll kind of see how it just goes this morning. But, but here in 1 Timothy chapter 4, and this is one of the scriptures, he started this ministry, this prophetic word to us. And we'll start in verse 14. He said, do not neglect, neglect the gift that's in you, which was given to you by prophecy, with the laying on of my hands of the, of the eldership. Verse 15 says, meditate on these things and give yourself entirely. Give yourself entirely. Entirely. Give yourself entirely to them. Not part of yourself. Entirely, Give yourself entirely to these things. That your progress may be evident to all. What are you giving? What are we giving ourselves entirely to? Because what we're giving ourselves to is going to determine either the progress we make or the decrease we make. And Peter, he tells us that God is not so much concerned with the outward, says that he's more concerned with the hidden man of the heart. God wants all of you. He wants all of your heart. He wants everything that we have. He doesn't want part of your day. He wants your entire day. He wants everything about you. Why? Because he's totally in love with you. This life of faith, giving us ourselves entirely to him. That's what a life of faith is all about. A life of faith isn't found in just a formula that we may, may set aside in what we think faith is. But no, faith is a life that is totally surrendered and submitted to God. 
Give yourself entirely to these things. Go to Hebrews chapter six. Hebrews chapter six. Quality time with God is vital to a life of faith. Hebrews chapter six, let's look at verse 11. It says, and we desire that each one of you show the same diligence, the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end that you do not become sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promise. But don't be sluggish. What I heard Dr. Savelle communicating to us about this quality time with God is a wake-up time that we need to live life on. If we're gonna see it progressing and advancing and promotion in our lives, we, we can't be sluggish. But he tells us here, don't be sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherited the promise. I'm telling you, there is a promise to inherit on the other side of wherever you are right now. There, there, is, there are promises out in front of you. There's progression out in front of you. There's advancement out in front of you. There's promotion out in front of you. But it's when we hook up with our faith, it says imitate those who through faith and patience inherited the promise. The promise came to pass when they released their faith and they stood with patience. Now, there's a lot of places we could go with this about faith and patience, but that's not my assignment this morning. But my, our, what I, the direction I want ahead is this aspect of faith, following those who through faith and patience inherited a promise. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 11. We will see the end of our faith. You will see every promise of God fulfilled in your life. Hallelujah. You will walk in the fullness of what he's called you to do. Hallelujah. This is familiar to us. Hebrews eleven six says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder. He's a rewarder, a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Amen. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those that diligently, diligently. This is, this is a statement of purpose. This is a statement of, of priority. The, those that diligently seek him. So, so we're going we're gonna to follow those who through faith and patience inherit the promise. And, and this is what I, I want to get across right here. That, that the fact that faith apart from fellowship with God is impossible. You're not going to find one person that did and lived a life of faith that wasn't and had a life of fellowship. 
You will, we will never be great men and women of God apart from our level of fellowship with heaven. You will never step into the fullness of everything God has for you unless we have this aspect of fellowship. As we fellowship in his presence, as we fellowship with his word, as we get to know him, it's without faith, it's impossible to please him for he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. You see, seeking is an expression of my faith in him. Coming to God and believing that he is is an expression of faith that he's the one that has the answer. Me coming to God and believing that he is, he is the one that's going to bring promotion. He's the one that's going to bring advancement. He's the one that's going to get me out of my addiction. He's the one that's going to get me into the promised land. He's the one that's going to restore my family. He's the one that's going to heal my body. He's the one that's going to provide in the wilderness. He's the one that's going to make a way where there seems to be no way. He's the one that's going to restore my soul. He's the one that's going to set my feet upon a rock that can't be moved. He's the one. See, he that cometh to God must believe that he is. You see, my faith is going to be thriving when I step into another level of fellowship with him. That's why quality time is so important because it's in this quality time my faith is firmly established in his nature, his character, and his person. This, this life of faith is not a, some ethereal thing way out here of, oh, well, just have faith, brother. No, it's having a living, intimate, vital relationship with the God, the creator of the universe, and the word that he's released to us. It's impossible to live a life of faith apart from fellowship. Thank you, Father. This life of faith and fellowship. Go to John chapter eight. John chapter eight. John chapter 8, verse, let's look at verse, thank you, Lord, 16. I'm going to go to a couple places here in this chapter. This is Jesus speaking. He says, and yet if I do judge, my judgment is true, for I am not alone, but I'm with the Father who sent me. Not one of us would say in this room that Jesus wasn't a man of faith. It's kind of like a stupid question, right? I mean, Jesus' success was established upon this vital. Vital, Tommy. Vital. If something's vital, 
is necessary to my life. What do, you do, what do you do when you go into the doctor's office? What are the first thing they do? They check your what? Your vitals. What was that? They're, they're going to check your, your pulse. Because if you don't have one, that's not good. Because it's vital to have a pulse, right? I mean, they're going to check your, your blood pressure. They're going to check your temperature. And depending on what things they might find, they might check your, your glucose levels. They might check other, other things within your body. They, they may say, well, let's, let's do some blood work. Let's do some, why? Why? Because they're wanting to find out what the issue is and, and what's going on. And so, so we have to understand that if something is vital, it is necessary to my life. And we have to stop putting, going deeper with God and in God on the back burner. I, I heard this guy preach one time and, and uh, he was doing a men's meeting and I was in, uh, he, he, we had brought this, my pastor brought this speaker in and um, from Delaware. And um, like, yeah, close to Maryland, we're all like right there, you know? And he came over and, and, and he said something and it, and it stuck with me now for like 30 years. And he said, and he was talking to me at the time. I, I knew he was speaking right at me. And this guy, he, he actually, he actually uh, looked just like you, Vic. It looked a lot like you, same with, uh, with a little gray there, you know? And, you know, I mean, you're like almost, a, you know, just in the same image of him. So, so I, when I see you, I remember this guy's testimony, and this guy's story, and, and he said, he goes, come on, man, you got to stop being a mugwomp. What is a mugwomp? It's like, I mean, I think if I had an iPhone then, I would have tried to Google that. What is, what is a mugwomp? He's pretty much saying you need to get off the fence because you got your mug on one side and your womp on another. So you need to get off the fence and you need to go all in with God. Because, because this, in the hour that we're living in, is going to be vital for where God wants to take us. Vital. Vital. This, to, to every person, you look at anyone extraordinary in Scripture that lived a life of faith, it was not a part from their fellowship. Jesus is success, successful. Why? Because this relationship was vital to him. He, he, was, he made it so far, he said, apart from the Father, I can't do anything. But yet we think we can do so many things without him. I know, I know this might be kind of trivial or this might be kind of like childish in a way. You need to get to the point where you can't even have this understanding. I can't even tie my shoes without him. Amen. I, I can't even breathe without him. And if all of a sudden he stopped doing something and the earth stopped spinning, we would no longer exist. That's how important our life needs to be fixed in this fellowship with heaven. Because we, we, can, we, can, 
make these lists of all these different things of like, okay, I can do this, I can do that, I can do this, I can do that. Okay, God, I'll give you this, this, and this. No. Jesus said, apart from the Father, I can't do anything. Verse 28, it says this, then Jesus said to them, when you lift the son of man, then you will know I am he and that I do nothing of myself, but as my father taught me, I speak these things and he who sent me is with me. The father has not left me alone for I always do those things that please him. But what does, what pleases God? Without faith, it's impossible to please him. Jesus said here, I always do those things that please him. How are you going to know what's pleasing to him and what's not pleasing to him? Spend time with him, right? Be in the word, right? You're going to be in the word. You're going to be in his presence. And, and there's some things that you know that you may do. And, and you're like, well, I, I, I may. It's, it's interesting. People do. There's some things people just know right from wrong. You don't, you don't necessarily need a scripture on it. Yeah. Right? It's just something down on the inside of you that that's just not right. Yeah. So we, we know what pleases him. Hallelujah. And we allow that to direct our lives, consume our lives. Let's go to verse, I think it's 46 maybe. Thank you, Father. 49. And Jesus answered, I do not have a demon. I don't have a demon. It's a way to start a scripture there, right? But I honor my father. Man, I honor my father. A life of faith is about giving him the proper place. It's a life of faith. Faith is all about fellowship with him. Go to Jeremiah 29. Hallelujah. Mm. Verse 11. A life of faith. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not evil. God has thoughts about you and not one of them includes defeat. God has thoughts about you and not one of them. Not one of his thoughts about you is defeat. 
If you have thoughts of defeat about yourself, it's because you're listening to the wrong voice. If you're having thoughts of defeat in your current situation, you're hanging out and worshiping at the wrong tree. He has thoughts of peace and not evil. So it, it, I don't, it doesn't matter where your life might be right now and what you're facing, choices you made yesterday. You need to know that your future is a lot greater than your present. Because God has thoughts about me and their thoughts of peace and not evil to give me hope, to give me an expectation in my final outcome. You see, when you know he has thoughts about you and you know that's faith, knowing he has thoughts about me, knowing he has a final outcome, then all of a sudden that should change something on the inside of me. When you have a revelation that God has a plan for you that you haven't tapped into yet and is greater than you've ever experienced up to this time in your life, it should cause you to pursue something. God has thoughts about me, thoughts of good, thoughts of peace and not evil to give me hope in my final outcome. It should cause me to do something because here it says this, then to give you hope and a future, then, then when, when you know this, it's going to cause you to do something. When you know there's something greater on the other side than, than your disappointment or the delays that you've experienced in your life, then you will call upon me. See, this is, this is faith. Faith is going to cause me to pursue something that I've ever pursued before. It's impossible to, to have faith apart from some sort of interaction Then you will call upon me and you'll go and pray to me. I will listen to you. Now listen to this. And you will seek me and find me. You'll find me when you search for me. You search for me. That's what faith does. Faith doesn't, isn't settled with the loss. Faith isn't settled with, with the confusion. Faith says, no, no, yeah, right now, I might not know how this is turning out, but I'm seeking him. I'm going to search for something. I'm going to find something in his word. I'm going to experience something in his presence. I, 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 God's got a call on my life, Vic, and I'm not going to settle for where I am right now because I know my call is greater. I know my purpose is greater. I know my impact is greater. I know my influence needs to be more than what it is. There's a hope and there's an outcome to me. And so what that does is it calls me then to pursue him, to call upon him. And what does it do? He answers us. And you'll seek me. Now listen, and you'll find me when you search for me with all, all, all your heart. Then he says, I will be found by you, says the Lord, and I will bring you back from your captivity. I'm telling you, I know right now you might, you could be in a place of confusion, but I want to encourage you, never stop seeking his face. 
Never stop listening to the word. Never stop going to the word. Never stop worshiping him. Never stop pursuing him. Because I'm telling you, when you search for him with all your heart, it said he will take me out of my captivity. Hallelujah. I just sense in my heart that there are some here today that you've been in captivity, but this is a season where you're breaking out of your captivity because you're going to seek him like you never have before. Faith is going to cause you to seek him and pursue him with all your heart. Let's go to um, Second Chronicles. I think Eric referred to this here a little bit ago. Faith. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Bible says, follow those who through faith and patience inherit the promise, right? Faith is vitally connected to our fellowship. For the sake of time, let's look at verse three. Actually, we need to go to verse one. Oh, Second Chronicles 20. Thank you. Verse one says, and it happened after this that the people of Moab with the people of Ammon and the others with them, besides the Amorites, came to battle against Jehoshaphat. Then some came and told Jehoshaphat, saying, a great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea, from Syria. And they are in Hazar Tamar, which is in Gedi. Now listen, and Jehoshaphat feared, and what, what did he do? He set himself See, these are some instructions that we can see a man of faith make. Follow those who through faith and patience inherited the promise. And you're like, well, you know, I, I don't see Jehoshaphat in Hebrews chapter 11. He's there somewhere. Because the Bible says, I would have failed to tell unless we had told of of David, of Samson, of Jephthah, and talked about some subdued kingdoms and some, some wrought righteousness and some won battles and it goes forth. And so, so I believe Jehoshaphat is part of the great cloud of witnesses that we see in Hebrews chapter 11. Can you agree with that? Amen. So a man of faith has to be a man of worship. A man of faith has to be a man or a woman that seeks God anyway. A man and a woman of God and a woman of faith are going to realize that their fellowship is going to be vital to their success. Their fellowship is going to be vital to progress, to advancement, to experiencing promotion and seeing their highest expectation fulfilled. So here, when a battle, when the enemy's all around them, you see, faith does not mean you'll never have battles. But when you have faith, you're established 
in the victory that's already yours. So what does he do when he hears this word? It says, it says he feared, but what did he do with the fear? He set himself to what? Seek the Lord. And he proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. So Judah gathered together to ask help from the Lord and from all the cities of Judah. And what did they do? They came to seek the Lord. Then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court and said, O Lord, our fathers, are you not God in heaven? And do you not rule over all the kingdoms of the nations? And in, now listen, in your hand, is there not power and might so that no one is able to withstand you? Are you not our God? who drove out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and gave it to the descendants of Abraham, your friend forever, and they dwell in it and have built you a sanctuary in it for your name, saying, if disaster comes upon us, sword and judgment and pestilence or famine, us, we will stand before this temple and in your presence for your name is in this temple and cry out to you in our affliction and you will hear and you will save. Man, so what are they doing? He's going back to what Abraham, he's going back to what they did. He's going back to the, the promises. He's going back to what God had said. He went to the very one that his faith was established in. He, he didn't complain. He, he, he wasn't, he wasn't oh, well, I don't know what we're going to do because this enemy's coming. No, a man of faith is going to do what he knows to do, and that is to set himself to seek the Lord. Hallelujah. Are you awake this morning? Verse 10 says, and now here are the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, whom you would not, now listen, you would not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt, but they turned from them and did not destroy them. Here they are rewarding us by coming to throw us out of your possession, which you've given us to inherit. Oh, our God. We will not judge them. Now listen, listen to this verse. For we have no power against this great multitude. We have no power against this great multitude that's coming against us. Nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are on you. A man of faith doesn't have to be a man that knows all the answers at first. A man of faith is the one that knows where to get the answer. And as they sought the Lord, you know the rest of the story. God gave them wisdom as they said, send out the praisers. The battle is the Lord's. I don't know what to do, but my eyes are on you. That's not a statement of, that's not a statement of doubt. <laughs> Saying in the natural, I don't know what to do, is not a statement of defeat. It's a statement of defeat if you don't finish the sentence. Right now, in this moment, I may know not what to do but my eyes are on you. I mean, Danny, I'm not gonna stop pursuing him. 
I'm not going to stop running after him. It doesn't matter if everyone leaves me. It doesn't matter if everyone forsakes me. It doesn't matter if I'm the only one left standing in this battle. My eyes are going to be on him. You see, you have to understand that this fellowship, this quality time is what causes my faith to be strong. Go to Romans chapter one. A man of faith, a person of faith, a woman of faith. Sitting in a study yesterday, just sitting there, and I just got quiet. I'm just crying out to God. And then I got quiet. And I just sensed the Lord just say this to me. Justin, in every situation, endeavor to be aware of my presence. Be aware of my presence. Sometimes I think we just need to, we're just too often led by what we feel. Led by, I felt God. I don't feel God. I heard God. I don't hear God. God never speaks to me. That person always has a prophetic word. When I prayed for them, I didn't sense anything. I didn't get goosebumps. And so we relegate God down to a feeling, not down to personal knowledge. He says, be aware of my presence. Sometimes you just have to get quiet and just say, God, thank you for being here in this moment. Quality time is choosing to believe God is a word, no matter what your five physical senses tell you. That's the, that's the basis, basis of faith. Faith is, I believe him no matter what my five physical senses tell me. I walk by faith and not by sight. And just saying, Lord, I choose to be aware of your presence right now.
Knowledge of God and faith in God are not the same. Let's look at Romans chapter one here. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for your presence in this place. Mm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mm. 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 Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Let's look at verse 20. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, Romans 1, verse 20. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made. Even his eternal power in Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because although they, listen, they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful. Wait a minute, they knew him as God, but they didn't glorify him as God. Having faith in God and having knowledge in God are two different things. You can know something and have a knowledge of something, yet it not benefit you. Because knowledge in God isn't where we bring the supernatural into the natural. Faith in God is what brings the supernatural into the natural. No one gets born again because they have knowledge of God. Salvation happens when you release your faith in the knowledge that he's Lord. I believe in my heart and I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord and those that call upon his name and have faith in his name that those would be saved, right? So it's not just having knowledge that of God's existence. It's having faith. See, there's a lot of people, if you were to do a poll, and I heard this years ago, uh, probably even back when we were in Bible school, George Barna did these, did these uh, surveys, and, and they said like 80% of the United States of America believe that God exists. See, you could say, oh, we, we celebrate that. No, that's not a celebration. Because when you ask the question, how many people but believe that Jesus is Lord? You see, there's a difference between the knowledge of existence and the reality of redemption. It's not just you knowing God that's going to bring your life to another level. But it's about having this faith in God and growing with him and in him. You see, what happens? Let's look at what happens here. 
And this is where I believe a lot of humanity is. <clears throat> and they said so they, because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God. That's seeking God. That's worship God. Nor were they thankful. But, so they didn't do those things, but what happened? They became futile in their thoughts and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools. You're not as smart as you think you are. We are not as smart as we think we are. As it pertains to natural knowledge. I Means you can have a lot of knowledge, but still be stupid. I had a couple of friends of mine in school that one went to Harvard, one went to Cornell, and one went to Princeton. They all dropped out, and not one of them had common sense. So knowledge isn't everything. Now, this is not an excuse to be stupid, okay? The world needs some smart Christians, okay? Can I get a louder amen? amen? But the point is, if your knowledge causes you to have empty thinking about eternity, you're just as lost. So what happens when you go after your own wisdom and your own ways? Verse 23, and they change the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man. You try to bring God on your level. Just because it might not make sense to your thought process, you try to bring him on your level to make sense of it. It talks about worshiping animals and birds and creeping things. Verse 24, therefore God also gave them up to uncleanness in the lust of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves who, now this, who exchanged the truth of God for a lie and they worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. That's what happens. When we, we aren't worshiping him, we're not seeking him, what happens is we try to go after other things that are gonna bring us peace. We're gonna start trying to go after other things that, that cause us to have some sort of sense of worth. But we have to understand, our faith is established in a personal relationship with him. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Be aware of his presence. There's the real and there's the counterfeit. I don't want counterfeit peace. I don't want counterfeit joy. I want the real deal. I want the real deal. I, I don't want a, a, I don't want a, a, an ideal of the anointing. I want the anointing. I, 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 want the, I want the real thing. I want all of him. And, and this is what a life of faith is all about. It's established in this fellowship with him. Thank you, Lord. Where do you want to go, Father? Thank you, Lord. Go to Psalms 115. 
Psalms 115. Hallelujah. Psalms 115. I'm progressing. I'm advancing. I'm experiencing promotion. And I'm going to see my highest expectation fulfilled in 2024. How about you? Hallelujah. Psalms 115. Pages sticking together. Verse 1. Now keep in mind what we just read in Romans 1. It says, not unto us, O Lord, not unto us, but to your name give glory. Because of your mercy, because of your truth, why should the Gentiles say, so where is their God? But our God is in heaven. He does whatever he pleases. Now it's comparing something. Their idols are silver and gold, the work of men's hands. They have mouths, but they don't speak. Eyes have they, but they don't see. They have ears, but they don't hear. Noses they have, but they don't smell. They have hands, but they do not handle. Feet they have, but they don't walk. Nor do they mutter their mutter through their throat. Those, now, those who make them are like them. Dang. Those that make them are like them? What we just talked about, the difference between knowledge of God and glorifying God. They had knowledge of God, but they didn't glorify him as God. They had a knowing up here, but they didn't have a faith in here that caused them to now worship God. And when you start making other things Lord of your life and you start making other things king and you start causing other things to be your source of strength and other things to be your source of happiness, then what, you're, what you are and what we are doing is just like they're talking about making these dumb idols. And it says that we're just like them. Wow. Hmm. Those who make them are like them. So is everyone who trusts in them. I don't know about you, but I I don't want to be like a dumb idol. Verse 9, hear this pleading. Oh, Israel, trust in the Lord. Why? He's their help and their shield. Oh, Israel, trust. Put your confidence in. Lean on the Lord. Put all your weight on him. All your weight. Lean all on him. Where I'm not leaning on something else, but I'm leaning all on him. See, we we have a tendency to, to, I'm going to lean on this, and I'm going to lean on this. But no, no. Oh, Israel, they're the, the people of the world. They're trusting in these idols. And if you're trusting these idols, you're going to be just like those idols. But he says, oh, Israel, trust in the Lord. Why? He's their help and their shield. Oh, house of Aaron, trust in the Lord. He's their help and their shield. See, here he's talking about Israel. He's talking about the Jewish people. And then he talks about the priesthood, oh, house of Aaron, talking about the priesthood. See, so all the Jewish people, you can seek the Lord, trust in him. Why? He's their help and their shield. 
All the priests, the ministers, the house of Aaron, oh, trust in the Lord. Why, he's their help and their shield. But you know what? He didn't leave us out. It says this, you who fear the Lord, you who reverently fear the Lord, trust in the Lord. Why? He's their help and their shield. The Lord has been mindful of us. He will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. He will bless those who fear the Lord, both small and great. Wow. See, this is not just knowing God, but is now worshiping God. I just don't know him as my help and my shield, but here he says, the Lord has been mindful of, he will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless those that fear the Lord both small and great. Then what happens? May the Lord give you increase more and more. He will bless those that reverently, amplifies says reverently fear the Lord, both small and great. Both small and great. And out of this, may the Lord give you increase more and more, you and your children. May you be blessed by the Lord who made heaven and earth. Mm. Increase you. Increase me. Say, increase me. More and more. You see, this life of faith can't be apart from a life of fellowship. And it's out of this being aware of God, being in awe of him and being in reverence towards him. Hallelujah. Reverence towards him. And it's out of that he increases us more and more. Let me close with this. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. Mm. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Mm. Hebrews chapter 12. Mm. Go to Hebrews chapter 12 and then we'll, we'll do something else after that. Mm. Let me start, Lord. Let's look at verse 26. Mm. Yes, Lord. Sorry, let's go to verse 25. See that you do not refuse him who speaks. For if they did not escape who refused him who spoke on the earth, much more shall we not escape if we turn away from him who speaks from heaven. Wow. That's a choice, right? We can refuse. Meaning it's not up to God, it's up to you. Verse 26, whose voice then shook the earth, but now he's promised saying, yet once more, I shake not only the earth, but also heaven. Now this, yet once more, indicates the removal of those things that are being shaken as the things that are made. Wow. Yet once more, 
indicates the removal of those things that are being shaken. As of things that are made, that things which cannot be shaken may remain. Meaning there's something that's going to come from heaven. There's a voice that's going to come from heaven and it's going to shake the heavens and it's going to shake the earth. Now hear me. It's going to shake the things that are in the heaven. It's going to shake the things in the earth. And the things in the earth will not last. There's things that we have a tendency to hold to. There's things that we're trusting in. There's things that we're, we're, Lord, we're, we're, we're worshiping. There's things that we're holding to ourselves as so important and so detrimental to our future that, that there's a voice that's going to come to heaven, come from heaven, and it's going to shake the heavens and the earth. And all those things that we trusted in will be taken out of the way. But yet there's things that cannot be shaken. Verse 28, therefore, so because of this, therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Woo. Oh, my kingdom can't be shaken. Oh, our kingdom can't be shaken. There's nothing like the kingdom of God. There's nothing like the kingdom of God. Oh, there's nothing like the kingdom of God. There's, there's no match to the kingdom of God. I, I don't, it doesn't matter what you're facing. There's nothing that compares to the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is greater than the kingdoms of man. Woo! Hallelujah. The kingdom of God is greater than the kingdoms that would try to come against your family. Hallelujah. The kingdoms of heaven are greater than the kingdoms of men. Woo. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Father. Yes, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Father. We glorify you. We bless your name. There's nothing compares to your kingdom. Oh, there's nothing that compares to your kingdom. Your kingdom, hallelujah, is an extraordinary kingdom. Woo, there's nothing that lacking in his kingdom. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 33 and 34 it talks about faith, and part of that faith was, it says, it subdued kingdoms. That the faith that is on the inside of us is to subdue the kingdoms of this world. Faith on the inside of you, it is subdue the kingdom of darkness and everything that comes with the kingdom of darkness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, what does it say? Let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We have the grace of God to pursue him in the midst of everything that's happening in our world. Well, God, I, I, God, I don't know if I can go all in. No, you can go all in. According to this, you can go all in. Therefore, since we have received a kingdom that cannot be shaken, the question is, do we really understand we've been given a kingdom that cannot be shaken? Because when you realize and know that you're a part of a kingdom that can't be shaken, then we can have the grace acceptable with reverence and godly fear for what our God is, a consuming fire. Stand to your feet. 
Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Worship team. Hallelujah. My God, my God is a consuming fire. Hallelujah. My God is a consuming fire. Hallelujah. There's nothing that compares to the kingdom of our God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just lift your hands and worship. Hallelujah. If you have your prayer language, pray in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Oh, our God is a consuming fire. Hallelujah. Our God is a consuming fire. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Father. As we spend quality time with you, as we get in your presence, hallelujah, we're getting into the fire of God. Hallelujah, we're touching the fire of God. Oh, we're touching the fire of God that consumes every past disappointment. We're, it's consuming every personal insecurity and fear. Hallelujah, it's consuming all our doubts. It's consuming everything. Hallelujah, thank you, Father. Oh, rabasa telebosha branda labaso rabaya. Oh, thank you, Father. Mm. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. There's nothing that compares to him. Oh, there's nothing that compares to him. Oh, there's nothing that compares to him. Hallelujah. There's nothing that compares to him. Hallelujah. There's nothing. Hmm. Right now, Lord, we, we become aware of your presence. Hmm. Aware of your presence. Oh, yeah, batilicando go close to him when you get close to him oh when you fall in love with him everything everything pales in comparison oh hallelujah when you fully get get consumed with him when you fully become aware of of his his nature his person his character everything else nothing else matters nothing else matters hallelujah hallelujah lord we make a decision lord to go all in today to go all in today Hallelujah, holding nothing back, holding nothing back. Hallelujah. You say, Pastor Justin, Lord, I, I, I want to go all in today and I, I just want to give everything over to Jesus. I, I want to give everything over to him today. Hallelujah. If that's you, just come to the altar right now. Come to the altar right now. Oh, you're tired of living from defeat to defeat or setback to setback. 
You're tired of being a disappointment. You're tired of, uh, uh, of trying to do things all on your own and trying to make sense of stuff yourself. Hallelujah. Come to the altar. Come to the altar. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. There's something that took place. Hallelujah. There's something that took place. Hallelujah. In the book of Acts. When the Holy Ghost came. When the Holy Ghost fell. When the power of God moved into that room. It was the fire of God. It was heaven invading a space. And it was in that moment, it was heaven bringing the will of God into the earth. To set all men free. There's some here that you've been you've been battling just inferiority, you've been battling fear. And it's been tormenting you. Come up here right now. Come up here right now. Hallelujah. 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 If you have a report of cancer, I want you to come up here. Because the kingdom of heaven. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Overcomes any kingdoms of this world. Let's worship the Lord. Let's worship the Lord. Holy, holy, holy. Hallelujah. Let's give the Holy Ghost room to move for a moment. Eric, can you help me? Oh, ya namande le de de bogo shogo sarada da ba. Ya namando do bogo shoko rebaya. Oh, ya ndala mahasombe nidiado. Geya da bogo shoko shada da 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 da. Oh, ya mandala na